0: Hey besties, welcome or welcome back to my podcast. My name is Tosh, um, if you are new here. I'm going to jump right into my very first podcast tradition and that is checking in. How am I doing? How am I feeling? How's my week been? Do I have any current phase at the moment? All that good stuff. So I am feeling really, really amazing this morning. So it's 11 o'clock on Saturday, January 22nd. Um, This past week, and just generally speaking, I try to wake up at the same time every day, and that time is approximately 8 o'clock. Although I do have a physics midterm today at 2 p.m., and exam days are just pretty depressing for me, I would say. So I typically will spend more time in bed, more time sleeping, so I don't have to really think about it, Um, and just not forcing myself also to get up so early and do the same thing I suppose and not put that pressure on myself like I just kind of give myself the space to be quote-unquote lazy to be a bit more unstructured and you know it isn't always the best for me mentally it's not always the best way to start my day but at the same time I think it's fine because once I did get out of bed which was at 10 a.m. I um I did my I did my entire morning routine and it felt really good and the reason as to why I said a bit earlier or like a few seconds ago that I feel really amazing is I was listening to a podcast and this actually goes into my current faves at the moment and also it's the way that I can't do these intros like the check-in without like going kind of out of order even though it doesn't matter it just kind of drives me insane because I feel like I'm gonna miss something but whatever um so yeah one of my faves at the moment um is a new podcast channel that I found it's called um black girl flow podcast by live and lex they are two black women besties i think their are ages 24 and 23 one just graduated college not too long ago and i think the other also graduated like two years ago they met in undergrad um and i think one lives in atlanta the other is in north carolina and i don't know they're they're just so cute like their friendship is so adorable um i follow up their instagram page their individual pages they have like a um, podcast tiktok and they make all these cute tiktoks and they have like this long distance friendship given that one lives in atlanta the other in north carolina and it's just very beautiful to see especially as someone who enjoys engaging with the podcast space enjoys um the conversations that they have is it's very much in line with the conversation that I like to have what I talk about on my podcast what i like to talk about in general I would say um, it's a just being in flow and being aware of um, health and wellness practices and conversations targeted towards black women like that's my thing obviously um, and so yeah I was listening to one of their podcasts this morning so if you're interested um, this podcast came out last week on Wednesday. Um, it's titled Finding Your Voice, Stepping Into Your Purpose with Mora Chans, Shans. I don't know how to pronounce their last name. Um, but yeah, the guest said something that really resonated with me. So Livin' and Lex, the podcast host, they asked more towards the end of the podcast. What does being in flow mean to you? And she mentioned how essentially being in flow is the path of least resistance. And that resonated with me and I just started crying. Like I just burst into tears because it's kind of ironic how the thoughts that um, I was immediately thinking when she said that and she also mentioned how um, God is within her and a few other things that she was beginning to become emotional just talking about her um her spirituality I suppose and it was just so fitting that I'm also recording a podcast right now on religion and spirituality at 20 and it's just so crazy how everything is always self-organizing um or at least it is for me and I'm able to connect those dots and things are just so ironic um and yeah she was just saying those things and I just burst into tears because Ah, I'm gonna talk about this later so I don't want to talk about it too much right now but just to give you guys a sneak peek of what you're gonna hear later I, if I'm being completely honest don't know where I stand um, spiritually I know for a fact that I will never claim to practice any specific religion or spiritual practice because organized religion just isn't for me which again I will talk about later but at the same time I do think that When things become difficult in the sense of thinking about maker-level things, um, when people have existential crises, you know, just thinking about the big things in life, I think it helps to have some sort of higher-order belief system. But for me, um, I, I don't feel that way completely, and so I do think that it makes some some of the challenges that I go through that more difficult but I'm getting ahead of myself but essentially it just really when she mentioned that being in flow means the path of least resistance I just got really emotional because you know I am a 20 year old black woman who is an undergrad um, a little over halfway through her Oberlin journey now and I'm so young for one but of course I am figuring out what I wanna do with my life slash living my life and letting what happens kind of happens. Um and I am in a place in my life where I am really trying to not be too too strict about or too rigid. That's the word I was looking for. Too rigid in the plans, especially when I think about my academic and career plans. Because I am twenty years old and there's no fucking way I should be trying to plan out my entire career and academic trajectory right now and be rigid in that plan. Um, but as I am finding things that I really, really love to do, um, and realizing like, wow, this just comes so naturally and it's not to say that I won't experience any challenges as I engage with the size of myself and my personality and my, um, hobbies and creativities and just the things that I do. Um, essentially what I'm trying to say is, I don't remember what I said a few seconds ago, but (laughs) what I'm trying to say is, um, when I notice that some of the things I do, oh, I know what I was trying to say. It doesn't mean that I won't experience any challenges as I engage with those things, but it means that I find a lot of meaning and purpose enjoying those things. And so even when they are difficult, even when I don't have the motivation to engage in those things, when I do find the strength within me to get up and, um record my podcast to create my um outline for my podcast it just feels good and so of course the hardest part of anything is starting but i think a part of me puts this pressure on myself where it's like if i'm not motivated and excited to do any one thing all the time then maybe that thing isn't for me um and i think it is a, it's a very flawed way of thinking because at the end of the day you i can't i can't be motivated all the time every day I'm gonna have days where I don't want to do anything even the things that I love but self-discipline is important sometimes I force myself to do things and I realize like I'm so happy that I fucking did that shit because now I feel amazing you know um and so yeah I'm really happy that i listened to that podcast this morning and i was able to journal a bit about it as i was listening to it before i started this podcast and i knew that i wanted to kind of share that with you guys especially since we're doing this check-in and let you know that i feel damn good right now i really do um and i and i also just feel as though i am walking in my purpose and in alignment with who i am and who i am becoming and it just feels so good um And I just have to not resist who I am. You know, I think a huge part of me, I realize my capabilities, I realize how bright I am. And, you know, I've, for most of my life, I've always been seen in such a positive way. I would say complimented on my um, academic capabilities, complimented on my drive, my resilience, um, complimented on my way with words and how wise I am and the conversations that I have. and. You know, it does make me very self-conscious and makes me uncomfortable. Um, And sometimes when I'm in spaces with others, I find myself dimming my light so others can shine brighter and or making myself smaller so others can feel larger. And that is no way to fucking live at all. Um, Like this is my life. I cannot help who I am. I can't help how bright I shine. Like it just it comes naturally, these things, you know. Um, and even just me saying this now, like, I just feel like such a fucking narcissist. Like I'm just so full of myself and it's something that I am actively working on because, you know, I read this thing on Twitter where it's like, some people are so obsessed with humbling black women and I definitely agree. But I mean, a part of me will always be like humble, you know, like the humble brag, I would say. And I don't know, like, I'm not going to judge anybody who, um, isn't quiet about their successes and about, the things that they're doing especially when it's a black woman but at the same time i don't know if i'm ever going to be the one or that person to like public publicly talk about those things like i'm obviously going to call the people i love and care about who i know are going to be super happy for me I tell them about it but Yeah, it's complicated. Celebrating yourself is complicated. I know other people go through this thing where it's so easy to talk about your flaws and to criticize yourself. But it's so hard to celebrate your successes and your wins and to talk about the ways in which you are fucking amazing because we are amazing individuals. But yeah, that's where I am. How has my week been going? So, as I said, today is Saturday, January 22nd. Um, This past week was reading week and I had my math final yesterday and I am so happy to be done with that damn class. Like, I could just freaking cry right now because I'm just so happy. And uh, overall, I think the exam went all right. I was telling my sister this, told my friend this, told other people this, same thing over and over. With that class specifically, I can feel so damn good after an exam, like, I would really think that, like, I would leave the exam thinking that I aced it, and then I get the grade back, and I got a C on it, other times, I can leave that exam room, and I'm like, that could have gone either way, I'm not feeling the best, but I got through it, and I can practically get 100%, like, literally, on my third exam for math, I got a 98%, I was like, what the fuck, like, granted, I didn't think I failed, like, I, I did think that i I thought that I did well on it. I knew that I at least, fingers crossed, got at least a B plus, but I damn near got 100% on that exam. And so I'm saying all this to say that with that class and classes in general, especially STEM classes, shit can go either way. And it is not my responsibility. And it's not a good sense of my energy to try and figure out if I aced it or if I failed it or if I got a grade somewhere in between. It's not. I did my part. I studied. Um, Granted, I there were some things that I put on my study guide to do such as going to office hours that I just didn't do because I was just so over the class that I just did not want to engage in that way at all um so with that being said there were definitely some things on the exam that I was like damn I was actually going to ask about that in office hours and I didn't I'm not going to beat myself up about it I'm not going to complain about it it just it is what it is um so that's a great feeling and then I have my physics exam at two o'clock today and I haven't I studied from like Sunday to Wednesday, and it's gonna be an open book exam. And I had a friend who already took it on Wednesday, and she said it was really fucking hard. Not surprised, if we're being honest. Those her exams are just so hard. Like it's re- they're ridiculously difficult. I did get discouraged when she said that and at the same time I knew that by Wednesday I was going to be mentally checked out from studying like I just know myself so well and it makes me happy that I know myself in those ways so I went pretty hard from like Sunday to Wednesday slash Tuesday ish uh, with studying for math and physics and I'm proud of myself for the things that I did study during those days and times but I knew after Wednesday studying for me was going to be a no-go like I would honestly be able to muster out maybe an hour or two of studying but even then most of that time would be filled with me just being completely checked out um i just get bored of things really easy and maybe it's my adhd brain only being able to like hyper fixate on something for a little while and then just completely moving on to a completely different thing. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, girl, you've got finals in two days. You probably want to dial it back a little bit and focus a bit more, but I just mentally and physically could not do it. So I didn't do it. (laughs) Like I literally didn't do it. And also given that I am not planning or right, like right now, medical school is not in the plans for me. Like, yeah, it's not in the plans for me immediately. Um, I don't have to worry about having the highest fucking GPA in the world. And so, my hope is that I'm going to get at least a B-minus in physics. I am going to get at least a B-minus in physics, actually. I legit only need to get like a 55% on the exam for my calculations and using the grade calculator that she gave us. I only need to get a 55 in order to um, get a B-minus in the class. And so I truly believe I can get at least a 55% on her exam. And I did study. It's not like I didn't study. I just didn't study the older material, but it's an open book exam. Kind of going to wing it. We'll see if I regret that in the end. But like, I am honestly feeling very chill about it. Um, I've been so over this semester and well, I've been so over physics and math since the second week of classes. And so. I'm just proud of myself for the work that I did put in, um, even when it was mentally and physically draining and exhausting for me to continuously engage with something that I just quite honestly didn't give a shit about. I didn't find it to positively contribute to my life at all, if we're being honest. Um, And so with all those things considered, I think I did a pretty damn good job this semester. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's kind of where I am in terms of finals because that's mostly what my week consisted of. Um, And then I also did like, not meal prepping per se, but I went to the grocery store before finals to ensure that I had every like meal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks wise. Um, and I've been loving salmon. Um, I found, I finally found affordable salmon that I really like and I get it from Target. Um, it's, I forget what it's called. I'm not even gonna pretend I know what it's called. Um, but it's 10 bucks for, um, four pieces of salmon, which I think is pretty affordable. Um, because seafood just isn't the cheapest so I think it's decently priced and it's really fucking good and we have an air fryer so I just put it right in the air fryer for 15 minutes at 385 degrees Fahrenheit and it cooks perfectly Um and then I've been eating a lot of potatoes in the air fryer as well because that's been really good and my veggies so I'm just proud of myself for like eating balanced meals and yeah food makes me really happy Um and I've been making some damn good food so that's nice Um, I'm trying to think how else has my week been. Yeah, honestly, like it's been such a good week if we're being honest. It really has been. I think Kiasta was able to upload another YouTube video, which is really nice. Um, I had a good conversation with Jasmine yesterday, so that's always fun to catch up with her. And uh, I may see her next week because she's going off to, um, she's going to be leaving the country for winter term to be with her dad. Um, but we may get to see each other before she heads out so that'll be nice if so i'm also looking forward to placing my cake order because one thing that you guys may not know is every semester i um design a cake to kind of congratulate myself for making it through the semester and i pick a different phrase each semester i don't know what the phrase is going to be for this semester because it's like first semester of my junior year i gotta think of something like clever to say I don't know. I'm excited though. So I'm probably going to place that order sometime today so I can pick it up on uh, next Tuesday, hopefully, um, to celebrate myself. And also next Tuesday is my haircut appointment, which is always exciting. I love getting my haircut, my bar, my barber's amazing. Um, so that feels good. Oh, also, Um, I may start doing um, public health slash environmental racism based research this semester. I have a meeting with someone next week. So that's super exciting. I also think that um, getting that exposure and experience now is going to look great for grad school. And it's also just in in alignment with the things that I'm interested in. Um, So that's really exciting. Ooh, I also ordered this acupuncture mat because I had a phone call with my doctor, um, this past week and she recommended that if I have the means to, to pump, to purchase an acupuncture mat, um, to release tension in my neck and back, because I get a ton of, um, like migraines and pains and tensions, tension in my neck and my lower back. Um, and so I purchased it and I think it's helping. It's very uncomfortable. I'm going to say it's, it's a new feeling, but. You, I lie on it for about 5-10 minutes to relieve like the tension that um, that I experience in my neck, especially when I was taking that math exam <laughs> yesterday. I definitely was tensing up after about an hour. It was a two-hour exam. Um, So yeah, I'm happy that I got that. And also, I started Euphoria and um, Insecure because I got HBO Max for the month, so I'm excited to watch those. And also, Ozark on Netflix, really great show. Season 4 came out. And I have been watching that too. So very, very exciting stuff. So I think that's mostly like the highlights and just the challenges of my week. Um, And then Faves at the moment. So I'm almost through with um, All Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. And then I just started this psychological thriller, a little different from me. It's already written in a way where I can tell it's a psychological thriller. And I don't know how I feel about reading that at nighttime because I get very spooked out by those things. (laughs) But... I'm open to trying it out. I saw it on BookTok, so we shall see. Um, And then as I mentioned earlier, Black Girl Flow podcast um, is a fave of mine and I'm binging their episodes now. So go check them out. Amazing individuals, amazing podcasters. One lives in Atlanta. So like if your girl moves to Atlanta anytime soon, maybe I can meet her. let's get into today's episode so religion and spirituality at 20 i am so fucking excited to talk about this um i actually made like a five page outline because a type virgo we know this um and this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart and um it has definitely impacted the person that I am today in a lot of great ways and also in ways that I am healing from I have experienced a shit ton of religion um, trauma unfortunately so yeah let's just dive right in and let's start from the very beginning so growing up so I was primarily raised by my mom so my mom and dad split when I was seven eight years old um, and I was raised by my mom and I continued to live with her along with my other siblings. Um, and it was during that time. So we moved. So for the first seven years of my life, we lived in the inner city of Cleveland, but my two older siblings. Um, so I grew up with three of my siblings. I have a total of six siblings, but I grew up with three of them. So Kiyosu and I were around the same age year and a half apart. And then our older brother and sister, they're like 26 and 25, something like that. Um, And so like a five, six, seven year gap between us. So when my mom decided to move from the inner city to an entering suburb of Cleveland, she made the decision because she wanted, she didn't rather want my um, brother and sister to attend the public high school in our district because she didn't want them to fall victim to a lot of the things that um, black teens both girls and boys alike were experiencing so that includes gang getting involved in like gangs um, gun violence teen pregnancy just so many other things she just wanted better for us essentially and so we made the move to Euclid Ohio it was um, a neighborhood that she had frequently been to um, even when we were living in Cleveland my mom was always one to like leave the place where she lives to shop it's actually so funny and I think yes and I do the same thing now like we will literally drive 20 minutes outside of where we live to do all of our shopping it's kind of funny um but yeah so we moved to euclid and my biological father initially moved with us but it was during this time that my mom decided to convert to a born-again christian and really devote her life to christ um and practice pentecostalism more specifically and my biological father wasn't ready to make that move and even now today he still isn't um a christian Or isn't like devoted to it in the way that my mom is. I don't know. I don't talk to him anymore. Um, But yeah. So as a result, they split up. And I actually remember the day that he moved out. We were like moving his stuff out. (laughs) It's very, very vivid memory. So that happened. So Kiyosta and I were like eight and six at the time. Older siblings were adolescents. They were like middle school aged. Um, So like 12 and 13, something like that. Um, So I would say it was much easier to quote unquote convert me and Kiki to being Christians and to um, have a Christian, to have um, a strong religious influence on us more so than it was for my older siblings who had already experienced what it's like to live and be raised by our mom who wasn't at the time a Christian and who was an everyday typical person. I would say, um, who didn't, who wasn't devoted to any sort of religion or Christianity. So that includes things like, you know, listening to rap music, um, and just engaging in what my mom would describe as like worldly things and not Christ-like things, I would say. Um, but because my siblings didn't let go of some of those things, just because my mom decided to become a Christian and decided to, um, convert our family convert sounds so kind of strange. I don't know if that's the right word I should be using, (laughs) but raise us in a Christian household essentially. So I would recall like when my mom wasn't home, my siblings would like turn on BT and other, um, uh, music streaming streaming, um, channels to like, listen up one second. Okay. Where was I? Um, Daisy just like burst into my room. My two year old, almost three year old niece. (laughs) Um, To like say hi and tell me that it's morning time, like thanks Daisy, I know love, <laughs> but anyway, what I was saying is, like they would put on like rap music, R and B music, and any other like black non gospel artists. Um, but I was taught at a very young age by my mom that those types of artists, those types of songs were a no go. Uh, but my older siblings would still engage in those things, and you know obviously we were all kids and adolescents. And so we would like hang out in the living room and watch BET. And it always felt so secretive and um, sneaky, I would say. And I remember one day, I think my mom was like wrapping my sister and I up in a towel. We had just gotten out of the bath. And I don't know if I started singing one of those songs or my sister did, but she was like, nope, not having it. You are not singing those songs at all. And that's when I knew, like, first of all, I was scared um I'm like oh god that's not a Christian like thing to do I I can't do these things especially not in front of my mom um and so after that I think I would still like listen to some like non um non-gospel songs but I was always always careful to make sure my mom didn't hear it like through my headphones um or I didn't sing it around her or if I did play music around her it was like pg music like disney music so the lyrics were pretty harmless um I just really learned to hide it and to be sneaky about it and I always made sure that Kiki kind of did the same thing so like if she was listening to a certain song I'm like you probably want to turn that down because you know how mommy is she doesn't want us listening to that you know um and I was just always more fearful and anxious about it than she was i would say like i would get so uneasy if kiasa would like start playing a song or i could hear a song through her headphones that my mom would not be okay with us listening to i think it was right after we watched a TLC movie or the TLC movie on tv and we started listening to their music like i think it was no scrub or chasing waterfall or something like that and kiasa was singing in front of our mom and i just knew that was not gonna go well and she's like Oh, okay you already watched the movie like no need to sing those songs and I don't remember exactly what she said but all I know is it was a no-go once again and so that really negatively impacted my um, perspective on rap music specifically and rap music created by black people I for years perceived it as bad music I thought it was like devil worshippers music um that's kind of how my mom explained it like she just viewed those people as non-christians and therefore people who wouldn't see the throne of God and who wouldn't make it into heaven like it was very very extreme some of the things she would like say to us at the age of like nine years old it was very traumatizing and scary and elicited a shit ton of fear in me and also, like a lot of those songs would have a lot of curse words in it, and my mom doesn't curse. Um, and so, whenever she like hears a curse word in a song or a movie, she'll like get very uncomfortable. And once again, it just it would then make me uncomfortable and me anxious and fearful and so i was constantly constantly like being aware of the songs i was listening to the movies i was watching oh would they curse in here would they would it have a lot of sexual scenes in here how would my mom take that you know what i mean because she would make it so obvious and clear that she was uncomfortable by something especially curse words and after a while i was just like girl it ain't that deep like can we just watch this movie or this show and just ignore those words like it's not that serious um But at the time, I was just like, oh, fuck, (laughs) you know? And so, like, I would listen to music or, like, artists such as, like, Jordan Sparks and Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, Disney Channel Movie, Alicia Keys, or gospel music. So, music that was overall pretty chill, but even then, I was still like, let me listen to this song through and through multiple times to make sure everything they say in here is PG. Everything they say in here, it may not be a gospel song or a Christian song, but they aren't saying like really quote unquote awful things or they're not cursing a lot or saying things that my mom would not be okay with me um listening to and playing around her and you know, my older siblings specifically were aware of like the songs I would listen to. And again, they were listening to rap music, R&B music and music by just black artists in general. And you know, I was, I was listening to J- Jordan Sparks and Alicia Keys and other black artists, but I didn't always listen to artists that they listened to because I was taught by our mom that essentially those artists are not great people. They don't make good music. And as a Christian, you don't listen to those type of songs. So I, for the most part, didn't for some years. And I remember my brother and I were like walking in opposite- I was walking towards him, he was walking towards me. I was going to like the bathroom, he was going to like the kitchen, a very minute detail that isn't necessary, but whatever. Um, and he heard a song, I was listening to like Taylor Swift or some white artist and I was like singing it and he heard me and he questioned my blackness. He's like, you only listen to white people music or you're so white and it's stuck with me and my feelings were very, very hurt over it and I didn't understand like what he meant by that all I knew is that I very clearly wasn't a white person and I also realized that for whatever reason me listening to white people's music would jeopardize my blackness in a sense and I just felt bad after that so I'm like I can't listen to songs that my mom would mostly approve of because my blackness is being judged by my siblings. I can't listen to rap music and R&B music because even though it's accepted by my siblings and maybe other black folks that I know, my mom doesn't want me listening to it. And so I just became very anxious over those things. And as I was creating this script, not creating it, as I was making this outline, I realized like where a lot of my anxiety around being self-conscious and around people judging me comes from, it comes from my childhood being judged by my mom by my siblings by my friends by people at school I was constantly just being shamed for who I was and the things that I liked and so it caused me to hide those things and attract tread very lightly around people to see hmm can I reveal this part of myself around them so they don't judge me and it's kind of fucking crazy but I'm happy that I created this outline because I'm better able to uh, make more sense of my anxiety around people. Um, and so it was around this time that I started to be othered just all the time. Um, and again, in the back of my mind, I knew that there were some things that I just shouldn't do because my mom wouldn't approve and God wouldn't approve. And according to our Christianity values and beliefs, I shouldn't do those things. And I, by no means was like this perfect little Christian girl, but at the same time I was, I consider myself a Christian and I for the most part would try my very best not to do things that maybe God wouldn't approve of um so for example when it comes to swearing I like only recently started swearing consistently and like I don't feel guilty about it because they're just they're just words like it it doesn't matter um because you can literally say something to someone without saying a curse word but you can say you can be so nasty to people you can hurt people without saying one curse word or you can swear um, and you're just saying it in like a regular conversation, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I didn't start doing that till I was 15, I would say. So like what, five years or so. Um, even though like all of my friends growing up and the people around me, they would curse all the time. Um, but I was dared on a few occasions to curse when I would like play truth or dare with my neighbors. And I just remember feeling so And it was such an exhilarating experience. And I remember just going off by myself. And I was just saying every curse word I can think of, creating scenarios in my mind where I was saying curse word after curse word after curse word. And it just felt so good. And I just felt so badass. Um, But again, I knew I had to keep that shit on lock. I had to keep it secret. I couldn't do it around my, well, obviously I'm not going to cuss around my mom. Um, But I just couldn't show people that side of me. Um, and I remember actually, like when I did just start swearing consistently and I just stopped giving a fuck because again, they're just words and it's a part of my vocabulary and I make no apologies for that. Um, like those around me were like, Taj, are you swearing? No way. Who is this girl? And again, I started to become very self-conscious. I started to um, make sure that I was only like swearing around people who also swear. So like if I was around people who didn't swear that much, it wasn't really a part of my vocabulary because I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want to make others feel uncomfortable. But if I got the hint that, okay, it's okay for me to talk in this way, then I would talk in that way. Um, I was also just known as like a goody two shoes growing up and it was very, very frustrating. And I think it was directly tied to my Religion and spirituality and what I was taught at home you know swearing is bad and doing certain things just isn't godlike and it's not what Christians do so I um I think I was like 11 or 12 years old and my friends at the time were like talking about weed and I think they had tried it for the first time and they were asking me about it I think and I don't remember exactly how it went like the memories they fade of course but essentially I think I was saying how, oh, I don't smoke weed or I wouldn't smoke weed or whatever. No, no, no. They were talking about it around me. And they didn't even include me in the conversation because then my friend goes, oh, Tash wouldn't do that because she's such a goody two shoes. And I was so hurt. (laughs) My feelings were so hurt by that. Um, And so at a very young age, people would just automatically assume that I just did and didn't do things based off of my Christian values and beliefs and just based off of the way that I carried myself and it hurt a lot and I think I was just very confused and conflicted as a result of like my mom and Christian beliefs telling me one thing and my friends and uh, siblings telling me the other and it's like I don't feel good about any of this shit to be honest um but I can't say that I did find some places where I was accepted um and these are like some of the only good memories I have as relates to my religion and spirituality um so for example like bible study sessions at school during recess so for whatever reason people were aware in middle school about my christian beliefs and values I don't know if I talked about it all like I just I genuinely don't know how people became aware of it so I guess I did talk about it um But I just don't remember. And it's kind of annoying. Like, I want to know, like, what did I say or do that made people place that labeling on me? But I remember that I brought my Bible to school one day and some of the other girls in my class noticed. And, you know, from that day forward, we decided to start doing Bible study at recess. And it was very transient. I got to admit, I think it lasted all of a week. But I remember it and I remember feeling and being accepted and it was nice, you know, so we would like have Bible studies read some scriptures and talk about it and stuff like that in middle school. And it was fun. I would also have Bible study sessions over the phone with my childhood best friend Kayla and it was a lot of fun. So we would talk on the house phone and we were both like very like relatively dedicated Christians at the time and we would like go back and forth reading certain scriptures. We would talk about them. We would talk about our future lives. So, for example, like, do you think you'll ever curse when you get older? Which is very odd looking back, you know? Like, we, we talked about some things as if they were very taboo. But in reality, like, the the person I am today, I'm like, girl, it was not that taboo. It ain't that deep. It's a word, once again. <laughs> um, and we're like, no, no, no. The, those are the devil's words and stuff like that. And oh, just... The things that were perpetuated within my home were just not great, it was so extreme. Um, But at the same time, those were pretty good memories for me to have a best friend who was devoted to Christianity in a way that I was. And I felt like we were like growing with each other as children. And again, I knew that my mom would accept it and she liked it, so I kinda continued to do it. But um, there were flaws within my upbringing. Some things I realized, like, as I was still, like, devoted to Christianity, I was like, hmm, that didn't make me feel too good, but I want to just push it real deep down inside and continue following these practices and beliefs, but then eventually, I just saw its many flaws, and I just had so many questions, and not a single answer, and it just made me very uncomfortable, I would say. So, I had this Sunday school experience when I was, I think, eight or so years old, and we, my mom had found a church home in Cleveland, and we um, were a part of that church home for a few years, and we would go to Sunday school for the children, and my Sunday school teacher was talking about heaven and hell, which first and foremost, I think it is deeply wrong, evil, and dark to tell a little kid a place such as hell where people supposedly burn for eternity if they aren't good Christians go to when they die that is sick and twisted and traumatizing and something that sticks with you forever I mean even now today it sticks with me but anyway we were being taught about heaven and hell and I think essentially we talked about like if you're a good Christian you go to heaven if you aren't a Christian and you don't do good things and you're considered bad you go to hell and I was sitting there thinking and i just didn't understand why it was so black and white and so i go is there an in-between for people who are good christians but also maybe aren't always good christians essentially like what if you do want to kind of do things that according to um our christianity beliefs like you shouldn't do but you aren't really hurting anyone by doing those things like i don't know exactly what i had in mind but for example drinking alcohol which you know according to my mom and um the christianity christianity beliefs that i grew up on isn't something you should do you shouldn't get drunk you shouldn't drink alcohol whatever um and she goes nope there's no in between and i was like what i just couldn't believe it because i think a huge part of me knew that at the time while i wanted to grow in my christianity beliefs and in my value system but I also realized like, this is some really deep shit. Um, and a huge part of me just knew that I don't think I would be able to live up to those beliefs and standards. And the way that I internalized, like if there's one thing I want y'all to take away from what I'm saying as, as it relates to my religion trauma is that I, have first and foremost, always been a perfectionist. And so I internalized Christianity as something that you have to perfect. And while yes, you can slip up and make mistakes, you have to actively work towards not making those mistakes. And I just didn't know if I could live up to those standards, especially like the ways in which it was projected onto me and taught to me by my mom. It was like, it was very tough shit. Um, and so I think like even now today, I still obsess over death to a certain extent. Like when someone dies, First and foremost i just get really invested i'm like researching their entire lives i don't know if other people do that but yeah and i just i think about it like damn they were like alive an hour ago and they didn't even know that in one hour they would perish like fuck, that's crazy and i would think like hmm i wonder if they went to hell like what what you know and like when people would say things like oh rest in heaven i'm like hmm are they in heaven And not in a judgmental way, but more so, like, according to what I saw about this person, they didn't seem like a good Christian, not a a good Christian that I was taught about and raised on. So there's no way that they went to heaven, right? According to what I was taught. And it was very scary, I would say. And I mean, even now to this day, like every now and then, I think, even though I don't think that hell exists, or at least not in a way where people are literally burning for an eternity, like i just i i don't under i I can't see a regular smuggler person who who've done no harm to anybody but they maybe weren't Christians going to hell for that it just it doesn't make sense to me, but anyway, every now and then I'm like, if hell really exists, are there just people burning like as I'm speaking like are just burning for an eternity? Something just seems deeply off about that um. <laughs> And I just, growing up, my mom just elicited a shit ton of fear and anxiety within me as a result of her Christianity beliefs, just very extreme things. Like I remember for a really long time, my mom didn't allow my siblings and I, okay, where was I? I had to take like a 10 minute break to stand up and stretch and stuff like that. Um, but yes. So for the longest while, my mom didn't allow me or my siblings to go to the skating rink because of the type of music that they played. So the skating rink in our neighborhood played R&B, rap music, and other black popular artists. And my mom was aware of that, didn't want to encourage my siblings and I to engage with those sort of things. And a comment she made was, what if God decides to crack the sky while you're at the skating rink and basically she was saying like we're gonna go to hell and I was like once again I was in a lot of fear I was very anxious about it I'm like oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit you know but at the same time I'm like what are you even talking about because it was around that time that I was just like a lot of this is so bullshit like it really is and not Christianity in and within itself because I do want to say that I given that I had a lot of religion trauma um, it would make sense that I am very reluctant to continue to practice something that traumatized me, but of course there are definitely ways to practice whatever religion one wants to practice, including Christianity and Pentecostalism, in a very healthy, non judgment non-judgmental loving way, but that is not something that I experienced or saw growing up. It was very judgmental, it was very rigid, it was very straightforward, black or white, hot or cold, no in-between. You do this or you don't do it. Um, It was like an ultimatum and it was terrifying for me as a kid growing up. And again, it's not something that any kid should have to experience because you really internalize those things and we're so impressionable at those ages. Um, And it does impact our development Um, and it sticks with us. And it definitely contributed a lot to my anxiety. I just lived in a very um, uh, high stakes environment if that makes sense or just a very anxiety inducing environment that's that's what it was um also i had this idea in my mind that i had to pray every single night like even when i started to realize that i don't think that christianity is for me like i want to explore something else or just not even practice any religion for a little while I would still pray every single night I didn't even know if I was praying to a God that existed like I had no idea I had doubts and questions and fears but it was that fear within me the thought of not doing it and something bad happening to me that scared the shit out of me and so I would still pray every single night um I didn't miss a night um repenting for my sins thanking God for bringing me through the day praying that he brings me and my loved ones through the night and that if he doesn't that we're accepted to heaven and just so many other things and there were nights where I was like okay I don't want to pray tonight because I don't even know if I believe in this but I'm like nope Tasha you gotta do it you gotta do it and so in hindsight it's like if you don't believe in what you're doing you're if you don't believe in something like if you don't believe in yourself then you're gonna fail for example if you don't believe in a religion and you're practicing that religion it's not going to work out for you you're just doing it because you feel obligated to do it and that was me towards the end of my christianity journey i would say um my mom also projected a lot of her homophobic values onto my siblings and i um and as ashamed as i am to admit it i unfortunately went through a period of my life where i was homophobic i didn't like be homophobic towards people i would say but i have very homophobic beliefs and i think i said on my snapchat one time like it's disgusting to be gay or something because it was what i was hearing from my mom and i don't even know what made me do that it was i think it was during like pride month and i just made a really nasty comment that i will always regret um but again i was like 12 years old I eventually just realized, especially as it relates to being queer and just not a straight person, however you want to label, however one wants to label themselves, I realized that you, quite literally, you don't get to choose who you love in this world. So for example, in alignment with that, I also saw the ways in which Christianity contradicted itself. For example, if we're all made in God's image. If he knows the life that we're going to have the moment he creates us or whatever the saying is, I'm not really sure how it goes if we're being honest. Um doesn't he know that you're not going to be straight? And if that is the case, why? And if it's so bad and evil and an abomination to be a queer person, why would he even make it so that you are born a queer person? And then you have to go through this journey of being quote unquote delivered from being queer, which by the way, is impossible. You don't just be, you can't, you're literally born gay or queer, lesbian, whatever, straight you're, you're either born that way or you're not. And there, there isn't anything you can do about it. Like, like literally. And like, if you see those stories of people being delivered from, um, their non-straight sexuality, it's a fallacy. Like, it really, truly is. Um, I just, and and then another thing is, so yeah, I saw the ways in which it contradicted itself. It's like, if we're made in his image, and that image is good, why do we need to deliver ourselves from something that he made us out to be? Didn't make sense to me at all. Still doesn't. Um, I also just, I, I didn't understand why someone would be punished for being their authentic authentic selves. Like why I just felt as though the way that it was taught to me anyway. Um again, I don't want to project by any means. And I overall I don't have I'm not like against religion like of any sort at all. But I I gotta admit the ways that they're flawed and granted I do think that Christianity specifically can be presented to you in many many ways. And so the way that was presented to me I just I didn't understand the structure of it of it um I didn't understand why people had to be um punished for eternity i.e going to hell for being their full authentic selves especially something so minute as like being gay for example I didn't understand it and I still don't um like I don't like what's the big deal like who is it fucking hurting like nobody (laughs) it's not that big of a deal at all um and it was just so weird to me but it clearly states in the bible that it is a sin and it is an abomination and so i don't get it um then again i think i mentioned this earlier my mom was just extremely judgmental like towards other christians and pointing out some of their flaws and i think just as a person my mom is pretty judgmental which is something that she just has to work on and within herself um and I think it kind of caused me to be judgmental growing up and I'm aware of it. And I try to actively not be judgmental or just realize the moments where I am being judgmental towards someone or something. Um, and like, as the years went by, I just kept asking, like, am I really able to live up to that standard? Like, I just, I don't think I will be able to. And just thinking about some of the other things that my mom would like tell my siblings and I just some really... It was just really fucked up like i know i know it wasn't her intention to say mentally harm us in that way and like really fuck with our psyche but she did she sure did so for example she would always say like you either got to be hot or cold like god doesn't want somebody who's in the middle like don't play with god and i'm like oh fuck. I, let me not play with god let me just be hot hot being like being of the world and in the world and having those experiences and not living this um Christian based life. And I actually used to have this idea that I just wanna spend some years like not being this fully devoted Christian and then I'll settle down and be this lovely Christian that I was taught to be. <laughs> um like that was an idea that I had in my mind. Um and so again it was like this perfectionist tendency that was projected onto me. And so I'm like, I there's no way that I can live up to this standard of being this Christian girl so I'm just gonna be me i'm just gonna live my life and not worry about it too much um and then one time we were in the car and either my sister or my sister or i was like dang it's hot outside y'all my mom goes you don't want to go to hell then i was like what like why would you say that to like an 11 12 year old whatever age we were like it was just wild and it's like her entire existence was based on and even still is to this day just going to heaven and don't get me wrong like that is okay like i am such an advocate for doing what generally makes you happy but i also challenge people to think about the ways that they've been socialized to think that those things will make them happy to deeply reflect on why it is you have the beliefs and values that you have and not so you can explain it to other people you don't owe me a damn explanation for why you are the way that you are but you owe yourself it like just sit and think just challenge yourself too like i think a way but let's challenge it in this way (laughs) and is this a pretty well-founded challenge to my belief and my mom just didn't see that like she just didn't see it at all and I just started to really challenge Christianity, challenge the Bible, challenge God, if you will. I had questions and I wanted answers and I couldn't find any answers and it frustrated me a lot. And I was like, you know what? I just, I don't agree with most of these things, um, like at all. And growing up low income and poor, if we're being honest. I just realized like how my mom would always say like oh god got us god is gonna make a way and she just really used religion and her god as a crutch for staying stagnant in her life and I gotta say that being poor to say that being poor and really low income is hard is an understatement they don't make it easy for you to make it out of being poor and low income into the middle class they really don't Like, for example, like if you receive government assistance, they're going to cap your income at a certain, they're going to cap your income essentially. And so in my mind, I'm like, if you're capping my income, how do you expect for me to get off of government assistance? It's just bullshit. It makes me so fucking mad. It really does. Um, Because I'm like, like literally, if you allow someone, like let's say you have this person, they, they're low income, they're poor, whatever, but they get some sort of vocational training or they get a well-paying job and they, want to start saving up enough money to buy a home or to pay for their child's school or just to um save up enough money so that they don't have to live off of the government right because um, people sure do shame other folks for living off of the government but the government don't make it easy for people to not live off of them you know like once you're in it like, don't get me wrong i do think that there are some ways in which one could prevent themselves from um from i guess being poor but even then like we got to acknowledge the systems of oppressions and systemic racism and all of those things that um, really places people in some of these spaces. But we also have to um, hold ourselves accountable. It's complicated. It's really, really complicated. Don't want to get into it too much. Um, It's individually based. But when we think about it in a more um, maker level way, it is not individually based at all. But Anyway, that's a very complicated conversation that I don't want to get into too much right now. Um, but yeah, they don't make it easy, essentially. But I just I I just despised my mom for that, I would say. Like I just didn't understand why I just feel like she was living so small and I hated. Like I just wanted so much more for us. Like I realized that we were living in very unideal circumstances, but at the same time, I just wanted more, like as a child, um, from my parent, from my mom, it just wasn't enough. It really wasn't. And I remember um, my mom has always had this dream of moving to LA and becoming a model um, and making it big and doing great things and us having a very stable, a financially stable life. And she would tell us, my siblings that, okay, we're gonna move to LA next summer, it's gonna happen. And for years, my sister and I believed her, and eventually my older siblings stopped believing her. But Kiyos and I, we we held on so tight to the hope and dream of moving to LA. But every year, it was another excuse as to why she wasn't going to move. Oh, I'm going to wait until your older siblings graduate. Now I'm going to wait until you graduate from high school. I don't want to leave my mom and my grandma. I don't want to do this. I don't want to leave this, that, and a third. And And I was just so tired of the lies. And then she would use like god and her religious beliefs to justify her reasonings i'm like no way you should not bring god into this like i don't think he's proud of you essentially is what i would think i'm like even if like regardless of what you believe in whether it's god buddha um allah the universe higher powers ancestors whatever it doesn't matter what you believe in is what you believe in and it's very true and real for you but we cannot ignore the work that you have to do as an individual to get to where you want to get in life you can't just sit on your ass and just expect that one day god is going to move you to la you're going to become this model you're going to just strike rich for some people okay they win the lottery they become rich yeah but like the chances of that happening are slim to none like you got to make get up and make it happen for yourself and for me i was like even if you want to like i'm not saying that you can't hold on to religion and use that as a way to keep you sane because i do see the benefits of organized religion it, it brings one a lot of comfort and ease i get that and the ways that it brings black folks ease specifically especially as we deal with racism and like poverty and just so many other things like i get it i do but at the same time like there are resources available to us there are programs that want to like there are programs and initiatives and nonprofits that literally work to tackle these things you know and I'm not saying it, it was going to be easy but I just wanted her to try a little harder I guess I don't know it was just hard um and I just always was very frustrated with that and that didn't positively contribute to my perspective on religion again i just saw it as like it's not working for my mom my granny my other family members like they're still in the same position that they are in since i was a kid so what's the point of me engaging with something that first and foremost contradicts itself that i don't completely agree with and believe in something that traumatized me and so i stopped believing in it and it's just crazy how so many things can change um once you move away from home so like me going to oberlin really gave me the opportunity and the space to finally release myself from the shackles of religion It, it had me like chained up in a sense i didn't feel free at all and i was terrified terrified to ever voice that like to this day i haven't really voiced that to my mom that oh yeah, I'm not a Christian, I don't really believe in anything, slash, I'm waiting for the things that I believe in to come to me, like, I'm not actively seeking it out, like, I don't think I would ever explicitly say that, um, but at the same time, I just, I had that physical space to finally release it, um, I wasn't shamed for it by anyone or anything, it just felt so amazing. And I'm like, I lived my entire life feeling very suffocated by religion, very anxious about it, very uneasy about it, obsessing over, am I doing the right thing? Am I a good person? If I were to die, am I going to go to heaven for so long? And I finally just released all of those things. And I'm like, if the, if God is real, I don't think that he would want me to live in that way. The physical impact that anxiety and stress and worry has on your body is what kills you that that kills you um and yeah so i would say like since my first year of college is when i finally like let it all go and you know i haven't prayed in a really long time because i'm not saying that i don't think god exists i'm just saying like for me i think that I believe in a higher power i just don't know what that higher power is to and for me and i don't even think it's important for me to define explicitly explicitly what and who that higher power is but as a result like i just i don't pray to anything i really don't like i like to manifest things i like to kind of send good vibes and good wishes to people I, um, I believe in the words, so like quotes and inspirational things that kind of keep you going and motivated. Um, so that's kind of where I am. And then when I was a freshman in college, as we know, I took James Baldwin's America and we discussed James Baldwin and James Baldwin discussed his relationship with the church and he talked about the ways in which the black church was harming the black community and harming even white folks and Jews and other races, um, the ways in which it divided us a lot of the times. Um, he talked about like his experiences with his parents and them not being so good, and I just felt so validated reading about it. And James Baldwin, like I said in my podcast about him, his work isn't the easiest to read. Like he was definitely um, very a very philosophical writer, and I didn't understand a lot of what he was saying. Like if we're being honest, I didn't understand most of what he what he said in his writings. I always got the gist of it and i always took from it what i needed to take from it which i think is always the most important thing to do but yeah i just felt so validated when i read about that um and realized that i'm not alone in this and that there are other black people out there who had existed who do exist i feel the same exact way that i do um and then i also realized like as i reflected back on my childhood experiences how much I hate organized things first and foremost, I really do think of myself as a free spirit, like even though I'm very grounded, organized type a personality, virgo, um I very obviously am in college and am taking the academic route, so taking a very traditional route, I would say at the same time, it doesn't mean that I enjoy a lot of these things, like I don't like how organized school is and a lot of these career paths pathways are. But when I think about religion, I don't like how structured it is. So I don't think I would ever, actually, I would never, ever follow, um, an organized religion. Even if I find a religion that I am intrigued by and that is in alignment with who I am as a person, I don't think I would ever claim to be of that religion. I just, I don't see the point of putting a label on it. I don't for me personally. Um... And I do think that it stems from the anxiety that I experienced growing up, but like things are complicated. Religion is complicated. Life is complicated. Like everything is complicated and I want to keep things as simple as possible. I am not in the business of making anything more complicated than what it needs to be truthfully, honestly. So with that being said, um, yeah, I will never ever place a religious label on myself at all because I also just, I don't. I don't like the idea of putting myself in a box I don't like the idea of being obligated to do anything like at all like if I want to wake up one day and choose to practice this thing I'm gonna do it if I want to wake up the following day and be like yep that was a time that was an experience don't want to do it anymore I want to do that and not feel bad for it not feel obligated and tied to any one thing and so I think really releasing myself from those labels allows me to kind of explore all sorts of things to read up on different religions religions and practices. But I think that it can be very hard to follow organized religion because maybe this comes from my perfectionist tendencies and the ways that it was projected onto me as a child um, and as an adolescent, but I don't think you can just pick and choose the parts of your religion that you want to follow. And this is where i think judgy tosh comes out just a little bit and i don't mean to be judgy but i do realize the ways that it may be judgmental let me think of a specific example Ooh, for example for example if the bible says that you aren't supposed to have sex until marriage and that you aren't supposed to live with someone unless they are your romantic your um marriage partner and you can't birth children out of wedlock But you actively do those things and still claim to be a Christian. Again, Judgy Tosh is coming out and I don't mean for it to happen, but just hear me out. It doesn't make sense to me. Again, I try to stay out of folks' business, but I don't get it. Like, how does it make you, like, it would make me feel awful, like really, really disgusting inside, you know? And it is for that reason, which is just one example. And I want to emphasize, I am not trying to judge or shame anyone, anyone at all. And I do apologize if I'm shaming you, but I'm not. Um, But I think it's for that specific example and other similar examples. I just, I cannot follow anything that's organized because I'm either all in or I'm all out of something, you know, like I don't think it's fair for me to be slightly in it and slightly out of it. It it just, it's not. Serving anyone or anything, and it sure as hell isn't serving me. And so I think it was the Bible that got me. Because like I said, I read it a lot growing up, and I always found the very last chapter of the Bible, Revelations, to be the scariest. Even though like I know the world's gonna end one day, like I don't know how it's gonna happen if I'm gonna be here to see it. It's still just a very scary chapter in the Bible, I would say. But anyway, I just I disagree with so much of it. Like, first of all, it promotes patriarchy. Like, why is God a man? I just gotta know. I just wanna know. Why? <laughs> How come God isn't a woman? How come God isn't non binary? So, that is one thing that it really does throw me off. Like, I'm sorry, I just don't like the idea of praying to and following a man. I don't. I hate the idea of doing it actually, so I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> and, like, the whole Adam and Eve story, it just rubs me the wrong way. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't it Eve that convinced Adam to eat the apple? let's blame it all on a woman, right? Mm, Don't like it. Why wasn't it the other way around? Uh, I'm laughing, but I'm serious. I just, I like to pick holes in things as, as we can see. And I think we should always pick holes in things. We should always challenge things. Always, always challenge things. And anyone who makes you feel bad for challenging things, quite literally, fuck them. I don't understand why queerness is a sin. Again, what is the big deal? Who is it harming? I just feel as though there are bigger things that we should be concerned about, such as like racism maybe or murderers or sexual predators, perhaps, don't you think? As opposed to someone's sexuality and who they choose to love? Fucking crazy. I also just don't it's and a lot of these things within the Bible specifically just isn't completely based in reason. For me personally, things have to make sense for me or I'm not gonna listen to it. I am going to challenge it and I'm going to be very resistant towards it. Um, and I'm going to point, point out all of his flaws, like as I should, um, and I've just like, it's a personality trait of mine. Like I've always been one to dance by the beat of my own drum and I will always be that person. And I'm becoming more and more comfortable with doing those things. And I think that my issue with God and just higher powers in general, like whatever you want to call it, I just, if they do exist, like whatever, let's say they do. I don't understand why they would allow for so much corruption, evil, and hatred and injustices to exist, because if they hold hold all the power, why would they even permit one to, for example, think of slavery? Why would they allow a white person to wake up one day and be like, this person is inferior because their skin is darker than me, so let's enslave them, let's take them from their homeland, bring them to the States, and treat them like absolute shit and dehumanize them and that's going to have a lasting impact a forever impact on all black people no matter how removed we are from enslavement homelessness for example mistreatment of black women what's the point of it what is the gain of it it makes me very very uneasy like the pain that we go through because let's say we are a black woman because we are an immigrant because we are Muslim or Muslim. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't understand it. I'm going to be honest. Like, that's all I have to say. I don't understand it. And like, what about people who just live awful, awful lies, trigger warning, black death, suicide. I don't know if you've ever seen, um, the Khalif Browder story on Netflix but Khalif Browder was a young black man who was um wrongfully convicted of burglary burglary I want to say um <laughs> firstly something and he was in prison for a few years I want to say again like I the specifics of the story it's um it's great for me haven't seen the netflix series in a while but um in general it doesn't matter um and he was placed in solitary confinement and he was just as you can imagine and like all a lot of inmates unfortunately treated so fucking awful and once he was released from prison and and i think like another reason as to why he was in prison and i hear this a lot a lot of people are in prison because they are poor they can't afford a lawyer, they can't afford to make bail, you're literally in prison because you are poor, or in prison for an extended period of time, crazy, but, um, he eventually killed himself, he committed suicide, and, um, I think about him from time to time, and I think about the Netflix series, um, and I think when I thought about it, it and maybe reflect on Christianity once again, and some of the things that were taught to me, such as committing suicide we're taught that if you commit suicide you go straight to hell and I just I couldn't imagine Khalif Browder burning for an eternity after what our shitty justice system did to him like I can I just cry at the thought of that being an actual thing that someone can experience such an awful life like you'd mean to tell me that you get no peace on earth and you get no peace in the afterlife because you're black I don't believe it I just it will never bring me comfort to believe that it just it breaks my heart like I'm getting so teary-eyed just thinking about it um, so yeah that's that's where I am um, in the end like I am just still I'm a growing black woman hello very <laughs> fitting to the podcast name and I'm just still figuring out who I am and I do sometimes get a bit discouraged that I don't have like a, um, a very specific higher power thing to believe in because when things get really hard and difficult, when I think about maker level things, when I think about why some things even had to be like, I always use slavery as an example because uh, I just, I, I don't get it, you know, and it's also hard to just watch my mom center her whole life around. religion but it not bring any like meaningful or substantial change from my perspective maybe from her perspective it changed her life and like good for her go her but i just know for a fact that she isn't where she wants to be in life and the same goes for so many other people and other christians that i know and even non-christians like even if we think if we just strip one of that the christianity labeling the religion labeling another thing that rubs me the wrong way I would say with some things and I think I'm finally beginning to realize that and just come to terms with the fact some of us are just lucky and blessed we were born this way and there isn't anything we can do about it we can resist it all we want to or we can take that energy the fire within us the the yearning and desire that we have within us for change to make a difference and an impact on this world and in people's lives for the good so when I think about myself while I have faced a handful of challenges and will still experience those things I know for a fact that I am extremely lucky and extremely blessed for where I am in my life and the places that I am headed are very very bright and it terrifies me sometimes to think about how much potential I have and I have only reached but so much of it or I've only tapped into so much of it because you know I'm still working on my confidence I'm still working on um my anxieties around uh social interactions and people perceiving me and being judged we're working through those things my drive and my passion for supporting black and brown children who grew up like me supporting them with their disabilities i just know that there's so much good that i have done first and foremost i've done so many great things you know people have told me how i've inspired them and sometimes i don't even realize the ways that i have been impactful to people um and it's scary you know to have that much influence i suppose and it's like a certain power that comes with it And most days, I just don't know if I want it. I'm like, why can't I just be a regular smeggler person? Like, I don't want this influence. I want to be influenced by others, which, you know, to a certain extent I am. Not even to a certain extent I am highly influenced by so many people, like the people I listen to on my podcast. Yeah, We don't need to get into that, but it's just, I don't know. I just really sit sometimes and think about the person that I am, the influence I have on the spaces that I'm in, and it just comes naturally. Like, even though I don't feel the most confident, even though I don't feel like I'm the most confident person ever, I know it doesn't appear that way to some people. I walk into space and I like command to be there in a sense and my presence. I don't know. It's just, sometimes I don't even realize it because it comes so naturally to me. But when people, like I've been told by people that when they first met me, I was very intimidating and not even in a bad way, but more so in a way where it's like, damn, this girl is something. I want to be around this person. I want to be inspired by her. I am in awe of her. And I kind of hate when people tell me that, not gonna lie. Um, It's like, oh God, oh God, I'm just a regular person. I make mistakes. I'm not always motivated. I'm trying just like you are, you know. Um, But at the same time, like Tosh, you gotta get a grip, girl. You are who you are. And I think knowing that for me, I do think that some things are random. It is completely random that, I wasn't born rich. It's completely random that I am not like a homeless person on the street and that there are people who are homeless. Like things just happen by chance in a sense. Even though there are systems that have created a lot of the really bad circumstances that we find ourselves in, it's random in that I just so happen to be a black woman. I could have very well been a white man, you know? Um. <laughs> And I think that brings me a certain level of peace to know that some things are random. Most things are random. But also knowing that there's so much good that I can do and contribute. And even though things are so unfair and I do wish that things were better for myself and for those around me, they just aren't. It is our reality. But there is no use for me to resist the person that I am. Um, oh, here's another thing that I want to mention. I think for me, it's much easier for me to believe in things that I know existed. And so when I think about the people that influenced me, like James Baldwin and Dr. Bell Hooks, like, yeah, they may not be here with us anymore, but they are with my ancestors. And they have left a lasting impact on this earth and on me um, as it relates to my Blackness, as it relates to my Black womanhood, as it relates to my religious and spiritual practices and who I am as a person. And so when I think about what I want to lean into that maybe um, isn't here with me physically, I like to lean into my ancestors and their wisdom and power. And I would like to say and think like I am most generally my ancestors' most wildest dreams. And that feels damn good to be that person, you know. And I like to think that they are leading me and guiding me. And I'm still trying to work through how I want to invite them into my space and into my life. 'Cause I just wish they could just like literally just sit on my bed and talk to me. Um, and give me advice and guidance when I need it and to give me a hug when I need it and to congratulate me on my successes when I need it. Um, I also believe in the words, as I mentioned before, and I think it's a spiritual practice of mine thinking about the words that I put out into the world in this format. Like it'll always be here no matter what I like to believe in, um, timeless things like the books that we read from decades ago like those will outlive every single one of us but they impact generation after generation after generation they've started revolutions i mean it's just crazy to think about i believe in people i believe in myself our ability to heal and guide and to live to make mistakes for things that happen that's out of our control to do things that are within our control and so I do think that um, a higher power exists. Like I believe in the universe. I believe in nature, the randomness of things, I do. So that's kind of where I am. And I think that I am very much satisfied with where I am spiritually. Like I do consider myself to be a spiritual person. And that spir- And when I think about spirituality, it's something that you may define for yourself, but I see it as a very internal practice. Um, and I see religion organized religion specifically as a very external practice which i don't love i am one to like to be in control of everything um, a character flaw but also something that i love about myself at the same time and i don't know i just i want to be able to make the rules up as i go and to change those to change those rules as i see fit um so that's why i journal so much and i like my meditative practices and i practice mindfulness and All of those good things that I would define as spiritual. Um, I think leaning in and walking into my purpose is my way of being spiritual. And so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I'm like very much satisfied with where I am in terms of my spirituality. Um, Without a doubt, I am in no rush to like figure things out any further at all. Like, I think... As I grow and experience new things and meet new people, listen to podcasts, read new books, talk with folks about all sorts of things, um, I'll find my niche, even though I think I found it for the most part. So with that, I am going to um, do my quotes of the week. I think I'll just read the my most recent quote that I saved on Pinterest. I was asked last week, who is your best friend? I don't know. I don't use language like that anymore. It doesn't fit. I have friends that hold the keys to different doors of my personality. Some open my heart, some my laughter, some my mischief, some my sin, some my civic urgency, some my history, some my raw confusion and vulnerability. Some friends, who may not be the closest to me, have the most important key for me in a moment of my life. Some who may be as close as my own skin may not have what I need today. It's okay if our spouses or partners don't have every key, how could they? It isn't a failure if they don't open every single door of who you are. The million-run mansion of identity cannot overlap perfectly with anyone. So with that, thank you guys so much for listening to this nearly an hour and a half podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Um, Tell folks to check me out. Thank you for your support. And I will hopefully see you guys next week. And so then take good, good care of yourselves.